have the business you want, or is it driving you crazy? A recent survey said 70% of business owners are dissatisfied with some aspect of their business. That's why we created Driving Biz, the number one source of business information. We have the leading experts from around the world as guests each week. So enjoy and love your business. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here for the next episode of Driving Biz. And uh, we have two amazing guests today. We have Keith Wagner, who's a life coach, a psychologist, a researcher, a minister, a business owner as a strategic edge life and business coaching. Many think he's 12 feet tall, and he's founder of Operation Rescue Children, which we've done on my other show, uh, How to Live a Fantastic Life. And people say he can actually make a penguin smile. (laughs) Now, Mitch Kamidge is my personal uh, buddy that's uh, we're working on so many projects together. It's amazing. Uh, He's savage in business training 10,000 successful business owners, uh, pioneer of the the Conquer Business Training System. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for being here. This is an exciting time of year. It's one of my favorite times of year. I, I know people start throwing in their hat with American Thanksgiving and saying, ah, the year's over, I don't have to do anything. But actually, this is the time of year you got to gear up. This is the time of year you got to pull out your Horwitzers and make it happen. This is the time of year you got to think on how you're going to make your business take off. Because the first part of any year is the most important part for making it happen. Is that not right, Keith? You've got it. We've got to move the finish line back. Every runner knows that if you look at the finish line, you have the tendency to slow down. (laughs) How many times have we seen in those, you know, clips of the highlight reel where the guy raises his arm because he's almost to the finish line and then he gets passed and he loses the race. And so this time of year around Thanksgiving, I teach all of my clients, move the finish line, look beyond it, look past it so that you sprint all the way through it. Because the fact is, you know, so much business is done in these last two months. So much. People start spending. People want to set themselves up for the next year. And in our mind, you know, we want to build that sense of momentum that can carry us through the holidays. Yeah. And what, Mitch, your take on it? Well, it's it's really interesting take. I mean, with Keith on the call, too, because we've both got extensive experience in martial arts. It goes to that great, you know, uh, combat adage is that punches aren't at the point of impact. Punches are six inches past the point of impact, right? We think of this time of year as be able to just pause and reflect, et cetera. It's not, you know, going back to the days where I was just a sales trainer, December is a great time of the year for sales. Now you might not make a lot of money in December, but man, an awful lot of people are willing to give you at least a half an hour of their time. So any business that says, ah, it's a little too quiet or I can't get it done or whatever, it's a ridiculous statement to make because December has typically or traditionally been, and if you look industrial or, or commercial sales, a wonderful time of the year to set you up so that literally by January 2nd or 3rd or 4th or 5th, you're closing business to start the new year as well. So it's a great time to take stock, to measure, you know, and if, you're, if your business has a, a calendar year end, that's their corporate year end as well, which means your account's going to be busting his ass January, February to file your corporate taxes, et cetera. 
you got to get those last dollars in. You got to clear up your AR and your AP. You got to take good care of your people. You got to make sure everybody's happy and set set up. So this is a brilliant time of the year. You know, when we're recording, it's the middle of November. It's a brilliant time of the year, another six weeks to make it happen because it sets up January so very well. You can't stop moving. You don't have to accelerate. You just got to keep pace. And if you don't have a good enough pace, then you got to find a reason to push. And, 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 you know, this is the time of year that people are really receptive to open their doors to a call. They, they, you know, the tricky way to open it is to have an end of the year gift. Just a, It doesn't have to be anything massive or anything like that. It just has to be something to say, thank you for all the business that you've given me over the year. Thank you for being my customer. And and this is the greatest time of the year for doing that. And, and everybody's mind is turned to that thankfulness mode. Uh, Thanksgiving turns it on. Now, I, I believe that thankfulness should be there all year long, but not everybody does. So this particular time of year changes people's mentality to getting this happening. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, Mitch, I'll let you go first this time. Uh, well, it, it, gratitude's a funny thing. Most of us don't have it, don't express it. I mean, I, I'm going first, and the person that should really be talking about is Keith. So I'm sure he'll uh, he'll blow my answer out of the water in a minute. Uh, but gratitude's a funny thing. Gratitude needs to ex- be expressed 365 days a year in a business. So when was the last time you said thank you? your customers for being your customers for a moment when was the last time you said thank you to your new customers when was the last time you said thank you to your returning customers when was the last time you said thank you for a referral now people think gratitude is a really interesting thing and so saying thank you is one thing when was the last time you asked one of your customers for the gift of a referral if they are really happy with what's going on this is a great time for those introductions to happen i mean our, our segue into this was about keeping the pace and pushing right through the end of the year opening the door creating some of those sales opportunities discussions but going back and saying thank you to your customers, having a really good chat, getting some feedback from them, and then saying, listen, if you're happy with what's going on and you're looking forward to you know, how we're going to be able to work together in 2023 and whatever else I can sell you or what products I can give you or what services I have, is there somebody you know like this that you think would be just as happy coming into us as well? So it's another great activity to take in our business that we often don't think about as neglected, but it's a great way to say thank you because... How much better can you do with somebody if if you say thank you to them than asking them for a favor? If you're happy with what we've got, you know, bring somebody with you, please. It helps my business grow and flourish. And, and you know, I trust your opinion. So great time of the year to make new friends. And I think another thing you should always ask for is a testimonial, either in writing or a video testimonial, because I, I that is a fast way to to step on the shoulders of giants. Uh, You know, if somebody's really happy and they give you that testimonial, boy, does that help you get business better. And a great place to ask people to do that testimonial for you is that site called LinkedIn. Wow. People go to LinkedIn all the time. And when they look at that, there's always something there that helps you to to get that door open. Keith, your turn. (laughs) I think you guys are hitting the nail on the head. You know, the Pareto's law, you know, the 80-20 principle teaches us that 20% is a lot. It could be everything. And if we could take even the last 20% of the year, November and December, it's amazing what can be accomplished. In order to be effective in life, just like in business, you have to have a massive action plan. And just like a map, an MAP, right, you want it to take you to your destination, not almost to your destination. 
you think about it, if we just had maps that got us just 80% of the way to our destination, we would still never arrive. And so one of the big things I focus on is take your map all the way through. Because in order to rectify the outcomes, you know, looking ahead at what I want, with the results, what I actually get, in order to marry those things together, you have to have a map. And that map must be continued all the way through to the end. And like you said, that map must include, you know, the ideas of how to capitalize on the spirit of the season. People are in a great time of giving, uh, sharing. You know, there's just something about this time of year. And so uh, for people to ask, to have a plan, a strategic plan to, for their big ask. And I like to, uh, to talk about the, the force multiplication of what I call the four T's. Uh, how you f- multiply the force of whatever it is that you're doing. Force multiplication or leverage, as we know, takes whatever you're doing and makes it better, makes it stronger so that you can actually accomplish that which may have been impossible before. And so the four T's are time talent, treasures, and then, of course, testimonials. Uh, If we can focus on how we can motivate other people to lend their time, their talents, their treasures, and their testimonials, it's amazing what it can do for our business. Because we know you don't have a real business unless you're eliciting those four T's from other people. Yeah. And, and, you know, we need those four T's. And as I said, always there's jet fuel you can add to anything. And that's where you use other people's time, other people's money and other people's knowledge. So if you take that and use your own talents with that, boy, do you have jet fuel that just makes everything take off. Uh, that allows you to do things you wouldn't do otherwise. Okay, Mitch, your turn. Well, that's really interesting because Keith brought up the four T's and he talked about, you know, leaning into it this time of the year. And when he's talking about, I was reminded that one of the, I don't know, not, not just actions that I, you know, prescribe to people out there in the world to take, you know, to take as gospel when it comes to their business, but something that I practice very regularly myself, we think of the year in the form of, of quarters and months and weeks and days. And we, you know, if we have employees, we'll say, oh, I got 20 or 21 or 22 labor days this month with staff, et cetera. Da, da, da. We keep compartmentalizing and breaking things down instead of thinking it was one giant unit. And when you think of it as one giant unit, one giant whole, you know, the four T's really quite illustrates that very well, but it's a simple principle. Um, if it's just me, I've only got a finite amount of time and a finite amount of talent, right? So so how else am I going to make that work? And then what is going to be best application of it? And of course, if I'm looking at this time of year and I'm looking to be able to set up for the new year, what do I have to do? Well, the moment I can leverage somebody else's time. So that comes down to the testimonial side of things. If I can go ask somebody for feedback for a moment, that feedback's great. If they love what's going on, then I can ask them for referrals, review, et cetera. I can ask them if they're happy and they're going to stay with me, et cetera. If not, then I can take that and use it as a, as a catalyst to be, create, be able to create some change. So what comes right after Christmas is New Year's. What happens in New Year's? The largest failure rate for change that we see in a calendar year every year. And what is that? New Year's resolutions, right? What does it take, Keith, 22 days on average for people to fail their New Year's resolutions? Because there was no preamble. There was no setup because we just think of it great. It's the new year, new year, new me. I'm going to hustle three weeks. Man, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to take a night off. I'm going to stop going to the gym. I can I can cheat. I can have a cheat day with my diet. I, you know, I, I push really hard for three weeks in sales. I can take a break for the next week and just take stock of what's going on. We lose that that sense of habit. 
And so what we haven't done, we haven't leveraged other people's time or other people's money or other people's testimonial, and we keep isolating ourselves. So this time of year is a great way to pause, understand, reflect, assess everything we've got going on, ask for feedback from other people, and then create the environment that says, if I'm in the middle of November, what I'm doing now should have a, a demonstrable measurable effect in the middle of January. So I'm not starting January 1 with something to take me to January 21st. I'm starting, well, today's date is November 22nd. Between now and January 21st or 22nd, which is the average date on the calendar for people to fail at their New Year's resolutions. So how do you leverage the things that you've got now for the next two months? It's not three weeks. Well, if it's I've got a surefire way that every business can make a million dollars. And it, it's a surefire way. It goes like this. At the beginning of January, you start a gym. Okay. And, and you get these memberships in there. And then on January 21st, you convert it to a bar. <laughs> when everybody's breaking their New Year's resolutions, you convert it to a bra. And, and there you go. You've got that million dollars in the bank guaranteed. Bar <laughs> and, and a bakery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we'll convert it to a bakery a little on as people and maybe a good health bakery. So that it's got those themes that everybody wants to get to now where everybody wants to get healthy. Yeah. yeah. OK, so. Yes, exactly. We always have to add that little bit of humor. Otherwise, what's the point? Great, guys. If we don't have the humor, we we just don't have it going right. Okay. We are in 10 minutes into the show. Let's go into some things everybody can do at this part of the year and start making it happen. And Mitch, you'll start with it. Sure. Uh, sell, right? If we're November 22nd and this year, the way the calendar falls out, we got exactly four weeks until we kind of hit that Christmas week or whatever it is. So it's a time to lean into your sales as well. Uh, if you've got staff in your company, whether you're a little company or a big company, you've got any staff or any vendors, partners, contractors, et cetera, pause, do a little bit of assessment, get some feedback from them, give them some feedback and advice, tell them this is how you want to set up what's going on in the new year and get that feedback from your customers. Talk to your customers as well. Get some really good stuff going on. And then enjoy that little bit of time. Take some time to pause as well, but make sure that it's constructive. So if you're going to take Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, if that's your wanted custom, and you're going to take New Year's, et cetera, there's some time in the middle there that you can actually pause, measure, set up what's going to happen in the new year. And these next four weeks are vital. They're really vital. So you got to keep leaning into those conversations. You got to talk to all of your, all of your people. You got to talk to your customers, et cetera. You got to make sure that you got a good grip on what's going to start in the new year because we're in a disruptive marketplace right now. And if you don't do those three things, get feedback from all the people around you and talk to potential new customers, you're, you're screwed because the market's ridiculously disruptive. We've got recession indicators everywhere. And if we don't lean into that, somebody else is going to eat you right away. The market's in a lot of flux right now. So those are three primary principles. Sell at all costs, talk to your customers, get feedback from them as well. Make sure they're going to stick around and stay around. You can keep happy. And vendors, partners, or employees, make sure that they're good to go. Give them some feedback on how to improve and keep them moving and keep them sane. And what is a, a really, um, can for some people, it can be fractious, emotionally and personally time of year. Some people don't have really good families. Some people have great families around a lot of pressure economically, et cetera. Make sure that when they come to work, it's a good spot for them to be in and that they feel like that, you know, they could kind of pack everything else away for a moment and and have a have a focus and an outcome which is money in their pocket. Yeah. Okay, Keith, your turn. Well, Mitch did a great job outlining, you know, the big core. 
Uh, one of the things I always emphasize, especially during this time of year, but really any time of year, is make sure you're loving on your people. <clears throat> that means internally, your employees, and externally, those people who drive your business uh, through sales and uh, participation. So you want to reach out to those people. You know, find an offer, something that you can give to them. And this is predicated upon the idea that you already know your customer base, that you know your people. Because if you don't have rapport, then you don't know. Then that's when people take you off their list. They unsubscribe because they find you largely irrelevant or even worse, you know, a nuisance. So find what it is that your people want. And if you haven't already done that research about what they want and they, and they need, this is a time where you want to begin to ask. Some of the most effective things to do is just offer a poll. Ask people what they want. Even the good book says, if any person lacks wisdom, let them ask. So reach out, ask, how can we serve you? And then along that channel, give the force of, of care and concern. Say, we're here for you in this time. Uh, you have a potential need, let's say, like the impending recession that everybody's talking about. We're here for you during this time. And one of the things we believe in, you fill in the blank with what you believe in about your product and service that this person must consider. So you offer something for free if you have it. Create something that's relevant. Make sure you reach out and let them know that you're talking about them and thinking about them. Uh, because the way that we have somebody associated in our mind, in our brain, is by first thinking that we're associated into theirs. For sure. Okay, we're going to take another pause for a commercial break, and uh, we'll get on to the next part. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell a little story that's shared by Zig Ziglar, which I love because it it is so great. There was a little boy and he wanted to make some money. So he set up a hot dog stand. And so he started selling hot dogs for 10 cents, which was pretty expensive back then in the 1920s. You know, 10 cents was an expensive hot dog. So he started selling them and he decided he wanted to make more money. So he went up to 15 cents. Then he went up to 25 cents. Finally, he said, no, I'm not making enough money yet. So he went up to 50 cents and he went up to a dollar. And so one of his customers said to him, you know, don't you know there's a recession going on? No one can afford a dollar hot dogs. The little boy said, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, all this stuff about recession, I will guarantee what happens in your business and your house is more important for what you do than anything the economic the economists do. You know, there's a bad joke about uh, how many take uh, economists does it take to fix the economy, and it says uh, about a hundred and one, one to fix it, and a hundred to figure out what they did. <laughs> this is the things about economists is they really don't know what's going on. They have no idea what's going on. And they really don't have anything as things going on. You know, I love Warren Buffett's concepts about doing things. He says, don't lose money and don't lose money ever. And don't forget those two principles, because those are the principles that keep you going. And how do you choose a good company? Well, it's got good value. And and when it's on sale, buy that company and hold it forever. Because 
That's what makes a company go is when you buy a company cheap and, and it keeps on going year after year after year. There's this magic thing called compound interest that people just don't understand how compound interest works. And compound interest works like this. If, if you put a dollar in something, it keeps compounding. And, you know, in, in an average of 8.2 years, if you put a dollar in things, it doubles. And so you keep on doubling your money every 8.2 years. So that is the magic of business. Now, the other magic of business is something called the 80-20 principle. And 80% of your business comes from 20% of your customers. And and that'll always be the case. But if you're really honest, 95% of your business comes from 5% of your customers. So what you got to do is figure out the 5% of your customers that give you business and clone them. And, and keep on going for them and getting them to give you more business and getting them to send their friends because really their friends are like themselves. And so mm-hmm. if you keep on doing that is the golden opportunity to make a business. Doc, can I comment on that really quick? Sure. I mean, you know, Keith mentioned the Pareto principle earlier, but you know, both those things reminded me of uh, uh, two fixtures. One, we're talking about compound interest for a moment and the potential for recession or indicators, et cetera. What Christmas is, is a great divide. And this explains what's going on economically and, and why when things like uh, recessions or retractions in the marketplace are actually really good and certain percentages of businesses expand very rapidly while others kind of turtle and shrink. Most people will say, if you pull them and ask them right now, Christmas is a terrible time to sell. It's a terrible time to reach out to people. It's a terrible time to talk to people. We take the business that we've got unless we're in retail, et cetera. But what happens is that so many businesses start to retract early on because Christmas is not a good time to sell. That actually creates a vacuum between the people that are trying to sell into the marketplace and the number of people that are willing to reach out and talk. That's why you find people are more amenable as well, too, is that for all the helter-skelter and the seasonal feelings and the compression and do I have enough money and I got to take care of this and take care of that, it's so chaotic and my employees are going to need time off and all this other stuff. It creates a vacuum, and that vacuum is where businesses create opportunity. If you take the indicators of a recession, why businesses that grow, let's say about 5 or 6 or 7%, and you look what happened in COVID, about 7% of businesses grew demonstrably and enormously in that period of time. It's because as the market starts to cool off, so I know you can't see this when you're listening on the radio, but imagine a, a diagonal line you know, running running from the bottom left and rising over time to the, to the, to the top right. And that line starts to flatten out instead. That's the that's the economy, the marketplace right now. The market opportunity is starting to drop off and dwindle a little bit because people are scared and they're starting to get worried, et cetera. But the people that are worried about that line dropping off actually are retreating faster than the line is doing it, which is actually creating a space. So if you can see that line, and even though it's typically pointed up and it's starting to flatten out like it's going horizontal for a moment, the businesses that are bouncing off the top of that line, which is what the economy is doing, are actually receding faster from that, which creates vacuum and it creates opportunity. So where most businesses accelerate at the beginning of disruptive areas and markets, oil and gas downturn in North America, 2014, 2015, the start of COVID in 2020, et cetera, is they started to activate really quickly, push for sales, et cetera, create that, that gap and that vacuum. And that's really what December is. It's a it's a pre-programmed gap or vacuum in our marketplace every year, which means that reach out and talk to people. They might not buy more of your stuff right now, but nobody else is talking to them. And with a recession coming up, that 80-20 or 95-5% rule says that reach out to everybody, double your volume up right now because chances are your competitors are already backing off the throttle. And only about 5 or 6 or 7% of companies really accelerate through disrupted markets. 
but where the real opportunity is at the front end. It's not 12 months from now when you get pissed off and you realize you need more money and you can't afford to keep your staff. It's right now. So sell in December and sell at the front end of recession. Add to that a bit, especially with COVID that went on. You know, when COVID hit, certain businesses and certain companies were well ahead of the ballgame. Puerto Rico, for example, the day COVID hit, had meetings on how they're going to relaunch after COVID was done. Uh, Hilton hotels and, and all the major hotels had meetings like that as well. Now, COVID went on far longer than they ever imagined, and they had to go into really uh, uh, thinking where they had to lay off staff and so on. But they were already planning for the end of COVID on the day that COVID hit. So that is the sort of thing you got to think about for the recession as well. You got to be planning for the day that the recession is over. And, and more money is made during a recession than any other time in business history, because that's where businesses, literally all the other competitors fall out and you're there moving forward where others are not. Keith, I'll let you take that one. Yeah, good words from from both of you guys. I'm I'm sitting here listening to to what you're saying, and a part of what I call the seven forces of business mastery, which is something that I, you know, learned from one of my mentors, is that you must constantly be innovating, and the major strategy is always innovation, and what that means to any business, whether large or small, is just like what you said, Alan. I mean that we've got this idea of what's our next step like playing chess or any type of strategy, it's a looking forward. So when we talk about results and the results we want, you know, that's more of a looking backwards. And so the outcomes, that's the looking forwards that we always must be asking the question. Where I see in my practice where people drop the ball on this is they get so busy in today's business, the exchange of value with customers, running the business, you know, um, doing their systems, which you have to do. But where they drop the ball is they don't look ahead. They fail to ask the essential questions that are not only in response to things like, you know, a pandemic, which is what are we going to do now? But they fail to innovate their product. And I see the number one reason that they don't is because they're largely out of touch with the business that they're really in. When I coach and ask people, hey, what business are you really in? As you would expect, they immediately go to the product and the service that they create or that they offer instead of how that they are touching each human being and affecting each human experience and understanding how they can remain relevant. I mean, we've all heard the stories and read the articles and watched the movies, let's say, about, you know, Apple and how it was so easy Once Steve Jobs invited people in just to say something like, how can we detach this keyboard? How can we offer this in a color? Those little nuances anchor not only the customer's mind of, hey, I want to do business with you, but also in your staff. It has to become a part, just a core part of the way that we think. And so I would say it's innovation. That is a core pillar of the force that drives business forward. Yeah, I I Innovation has to be one of the the driving forces at all times. And it's out-of-the-box thinking. It's little things that make all the difference. It's the thing that, you know, when a person looks at a widget, you got to look at the way that the widget 
is better. You know, uh, I love automobiles. And one of my favorite automobiles is the Lexus. And, and what Lexus did was genius when they decided to make a Lexus. So the guys at Toyota who made the Lexus took every part of an automobile, every everything, and said, how can we make this better? And they literally redesigned the whole automobile by taking every little part and, and making it that much better than they did in the previous automobile. Now, that is genius, and that's genius in innovation because, you, you know, the problem with automobiles is everybody's thinking, how am I going to just keep on changing, you know, the headlights or changing the, the taillights and, and, and bringing up another design? That's not how you... That's not how you win the automobile war. That's right. Yeah, if I can insert this, you know, Benjamin Franklin had to ask a different question. So did Thomas Edison and all of those guys, which was, hey, instead of how can we make, let's say, a better candle, how can I invent something completely different? And different in the sense that it was innovative when they began to even think about the light bulb. Uh, that's not just a better candle. I mean, that is something that's very relevant and useful in what we call, especially when we're dealing with the military, second and third order effects. Yeah. What else is this going to do? Who else will this affect? And I believe innovation has to be based in reality of needs before it'll ever be relevant. Yeah. I mean, we've got so many examples of people who came up with something better, but it never made it past the design floor because it wasn't relevantly uh, valued in the minds of the people who could have accessed it. And so better, I think, also must be the idea of relevance. How can I be in touch with those who are buying from me? And I believe, you know, the way that people do that, if you're in a small business and you hear this, ask this major question, what are people buying? If you can be into buying trends, no matter what it is, you will see what people need because people will buy their needs and their wants. And if you can take a lesson from that, that'll help you not only understand what's happening now, but how you can take that and innovate it, which is a part of that is improvement. But another part of it is to make it more relevant. Okay, Mitch, we're almost at the end of this half hour block. So I want you to have the last words on this one. We'll, rare time. You better take advantage of <laughs> I'm going to keep it really short. Get after it now, right now. Today, tomorrow, whenever you're hearing this, get after it right now. Have a progressive and consistent behavior that doesn't let off. You don't have to kill yourself in business. The hustle and the grind culture is just going to murder you in the long term. Get consistent on your behavior. You need to sell 12 months out of the year. You need to talk to your customers 12 months out of the year. And you need to take care of your staff, your vendors, your partners, and your contractors 12 months out of the year. And you need to be able to step away from the business. If it's just you then you got to automate something so that you can take a moment for yourself or your family, whatever's going to need. If you got a little staff, you got to invest some trust in them as well. I got a tiny little staff. There's just three of us in my company, but I can walk away. I can walk away for a day or a week and it doesn't matter because everything's still working. Lights are on, doors are open. And if you got more people, if you have 40, 50, 60, 100 employees and you can't walk away, you're the problem. Get consistent with your behavior, sell 12 months out of the year, talk to people all the time, get feedback constantly, and look for improvement. To Keith's, or to put it put it in my language, innovate or die. Like, get your crap wired. Get after it. Sounds good. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in the second half hour of Driving Biz. 
We have Keith Wagner. We also have Mitch Kamidge, who's savage in business. We're going to take people fast forward to the beginning of 2023, which is always a great time because everybody likes it. It's January. January is an interesting time. The, the Roman god Janus had two heads, one head looking forward and one head looking back. So he looked at all sides of a proposition. So here he was ready to plow forward with full knowledge of everything that was looking back. So Mitch, what does everybody need to do at the beginning of 2023 to take their business and put it into another level? I, I love it. We, we actually just finished the previous episode talking about how people are going to slam into the brand new year. So it's January 1st. It's literally the first day of the year. There was fireworks the night before. And it doesn't matter whether you recognize it or not, or you're on the Gregorian calendar or whatever else is going on. Fireworks the night before. Everybody wakes up moving a little slower. That is day one of the brand new year. Your behaviors coming into the year should have set the table. But if they haven't, then that's where you need to pause, take stock of what's going on, look at what you got at the moment, consider some areas for improvement, some areas for innovation, et cetera. And you have to be prepared to sell on the second or the third, whatever day your first day back is, quote unquote, if you've taken some time for family and friends, you have to be prepared to sell right away. You have to be prepared to work with your vendors and your partners, and you have to be prepared to do what? Get feedback, right? Constant, never ending improvement. Keith talks about that all the time. And you must do that. It's a 12 month grind. You've started the new year. There are no new year's resolutions in business. There's just Today for tomorrow, tomorrow for next week, next week for next month. You know, if you're going to plan your year, you're going to break it down into, into quarters. And while a quarter is three months, you're going to have a four month quarter. My, my cor- first quarter of the year runs from January to April. Why? Because at the at March 31st, when you tick over to the next one, you should already still have 30 days in the previous quarter where you're wrapping up stuff that you're working on when you start April 1st. And when you start April 1st going to June 30th, you're not going to June 30th, you're going to July 30th. July 31st instead. So you should take these quarters, stretch them out an extra month as well. It makes sure you got some realistic activities in there and make sure that there's a constant push in innovation. 2023 is going to be disruptive as hell. Sell. Yeah. And I'm Sell going day to one. tell everybody, there's something in this year. You have to look at that calendar and you have to plan regular breaks away from your business. Uh, this is something I've gotten Mitch to do uh, because you know, the biggest thing that's going to kill you is the stress and strain that you go through. And if you don't plan time away from your business and come back rejuvenated, you're not going to be effective in your business at at all. So you literally have to take a calendar and say, this is the time frame I'm going to be away for three to four days in order to come back fresh. And everybody needs to do that now. Plan it into their schedule and their business right now. If you don't, you're really going to be doing yourself a big disservice. Okay, Keith, beginning of the year here, what are essentials people need to do? Well, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, you have to make sure that you are scheduling time. I mean, the old adage, if you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. I mean, it's true. Uh, You can look at all the books of wisdom out there, so many great authors, so many great books, and all of the great ones, the ones that are successful in their own right, in their own business, in their own life, will tell you, you know what, you have to have your thinking time, you have to have your planning time, so that that creative space in your brain, the actual creative command center, it can be developed, 
Because if you don't do that, if you're just going from grind to grind, from little fire to little fire, it's what I call majoring in small yeses, which means that at the end of your day, and even more significant, at the end of your life, you look back and wonder where it went. You won't have a sense of fulfillment that it was all worth it. You think about it. Why grind in business? Why push forward in business? Why do anything like this? It's because you're looking to make not only your life better, but also other people's lives better too. And how can you do that if you don't give yourself time to survey that, to step back and to pause and breathe and not only enjoy it, even the Bible says, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor, but to also then measure. Because when you're grinding, when you're playing the game, it's hard to take a look at stats. And we know how important statistics are. We know how important the scoreboard is. So I agree. you got to plan your planning time. Yeah. And and I always find every week you need to spend some time planning. Uh, When I was doing cosmetic surgery, my favorite day of the week was Sunday evening when I'd spend time working on my business. And I'll tell you, you make more money working on your business than in your business any given day. It's incredible. It's amazing how that is. And and working on your business uh, consists of several things. One is planning. But another thing is reading, reading what other people have done. And, and my favorite things to read were biographies and autobiographies because they are amazing how much you learn from those biographies and autobiographies about what other brilliant people have done in their lives and how you can then use some of their ideas in your life as well. That's right. And one of the things that people have to get is that, like we talked about in the previous half hour, unless you're really willing to understand something I call force multipliers, you'll never get there. Which means that, you know, these are the systems and the automated processes that we create, but also bringing other people into your business. Like in some of the old books, like the one E-Myth Revisited, you know, it's really clear that you don't have a real business unless you have people in your business. People are the greatest force multipliers of all time because of those four T's that they offer, you know, time, talent, treasures, you know, their money, and then, of course, their testimonies. Those are the things that help you work on your business instead of in your business. But people get caught up in this malaise. It's like a hypnosis of just trading time for dollars. And they think that I can't get away. It's like constantly driving to the basket to score a basket without you know, being able to you know, pass the ball to other people. You'll exhaust yourself. And that's where businesses begin to fail because of the failure of the psychology of innovation within the business because you're just so tired. Well, yeah. if I can comment on that, jump in really quick. Uh, Keith, you, you've hit on something really tasty for people. So we're talking about starting the new year. Simplification. When, whenever my, whenever, you know, of course, I'm, you know, I train business owners and stuff like that. Whenever people get really squirrely or get, get really weird or their calendars are getting so packed up or their timeframes and they're all over the place, got stuff scattered. Like, listen, if today all you focus on is, is it one of these three actions? Find clients, take care of clients, get paid by clients. If it's not one of those three, get rid of it. It's simplification inside your business. So what do you have to do? Well, we'll we'll go back to Keith mentioned in the previous episode, you know, the good book for a moment. I'll go there. Why? Because it literally gives you instructions on how to simplify your life. And what does it say? Break up your day into four parts. Prayer, labor, refreshment, and rest, right? It says just four things should be going on in your life. 
prayer. Well, I'm, I'm not religious. I don't believe in something outside of myself. Have you ever meditated? You ever go outside and breathe? You ever take a walk in the trees? You ever understand what's going on? Spend time with your family, etc. These can be holy acts as well. Labor. Labor has both an in and an on function, right? That doc, you illustrated it perfectly. Being able to sit down and work on your business is going to make you far more money ever than talking to another customer today, unless that's about what's going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. Refreshment isn't just about putting food in your body. It's nourishing your soul and it's feeding your passions and creating more skill for yourself, et cetera. It's being able to improve the situation and, and pause and celebrate and reflect. And then, of course, rest. You got to be able to shut it down. This hustle culture, this grind culture. January 1st is not about working harder than you did before. It's about being consistent with your behaviors. That's huge. Okay. We're going to take another commercial break. Uh, okay. We're doing well. We're doing really well. I think we're nailing it here. Okay. We have, uh, we're back again, ladies and gentlemen, and we are now uh, at the beginning of 2023, the most exciting time of the year. Now, people are largely, a lot of people are afraid about recession and the recession is coming on because interest rates have been rising. Well, why are interest rates going up? Because we're at an inflation rate that we haven't seen in over two decades. Inflation is truly the killer in in businesses more than anything else. Why is inflation a killer? Because the same amount of money you're making now is not going to be worth the same next year if you're at a 10 or 20% interest rate uh, inflation. That, that is a killer. And that's why in, uh, this has all got to be brought under control. Otherwise, great businesses are going to fail. And, and this is where you have to be smart in business, really smart in business and not borrow money in, in times like this and stay building your business and using your talents to build business rather than borrowing money to build business. Your take on that, Keith. Yeah, this time of year is not only a great time to push forward, connect with your clients and, you know, have a great exchange with them because we know it's not just transactional. I mean, it's really affecting people's lives. And I think that's the core realization that we need that with every transaction in business, there's either an improvement or a depletion of life. We were making people's lives better or worse based on your integrity in business. And in order to keep up those high standards, uh, you've got to look forward past the finish line of the end of the year into really the projection. You know, we teach people to look beyond a year, but to look, you know, even, you know, into the 10 year mark. Um, you know, we know that there are some Japanese businesses who look into the 100 year and even 500 year mark. And I love that, even though it may not be very practical. I love it because what it does is it sets the tone of standard of who you really want to be. And I coach people on how to create what I call the power of momentum. You know, you want momentum going through the finish line past the end of the year onto the innovative strategies that you already have in place going forward. And if you don't, well, I mean, you're already behind in the race. And so there's the best time to have done this was 10 years ago. The second best time is now. So it's all right. You can still finish strong. Right. But the idea is that you have to get to the drawing board and elicit the power of the heavy lifting of your team. You guys have all seen perhaps or read stories about like the Amish, the Amish old barn moving parties. I mean, you think about it. How many people would it take to move a barn? 
a whole bunch of them. But guess what? They did it. And so what I coach people to do is, hey, elicit all the leaders in your company. They see things. They have perspectives that you don't. Go to them. Ask them with a prescribed series of great questions, celebrating the last 12 months, talking about what was great, what was not so great, and then any solutions that they come up with. And then you can carry those over and say, what parts of those do we want to be carried over into the next year? What parts don't we want to be carried over? And who do we want to be when it comes to innovation, you know, launching forward? Those are some of those major questions I ask people to ask. Yeah. You know, if you have an idea and I have an idea and Mitch has an idea, we have three ideas, but we, if we put them all together, that's yes. three ideas to the power of three. Now think of the power that goes on with that. Yeah. It's incredible. That's, that's adaptive business. That is adaptive business, which is innovative. Most businesses get very, very rigid. We get used to doing something and it just, we create a groove in the record. And every day I wake up in the morning and I drop the needle in the record and the record starts to play and it follows it through to the end. And I get used to it and used to it, used to it. And then it soon it creates a, a scratch happens on there, but I used to where the scratches and my brain maps it, et cetera. Instead, we don't have adaptive businesses. Now, what's interesting is that people are afraid of feedback and they're afraid of doing that. So to start the year, if this is the first time you've ever done it, you don't have to take a deep breath. You're going to have to gulp, have a have a, a gas, glass of cold water, and then say, what can I do better for you? What can I do better for my employee? What can I do better for myself? But if you make that a regular practice starting January 1 for 2023, it becomes an every week. Like my team internally, we talk damn near daily. And there are constant lessons all the time. What worked well here? What didn't work well here? If a customer leaves, if a client of ours leaves, hey, what went on? What could we do better? What do we have to work on next time? That's great. It doesn't hurt. It's it's not invasive. It isn't damaging anybody's ego because the feedback isn't, well, in this case, Alan or Keith, you guys screwed up because you did this. It's like, no, hey, what happened? Okay, this happened here. Here's what we do ne different next time. Cool. Off to the races. Why? Because we got how many other customers to take care of and how many new customers to take care of as well. doesn't mean that we don't pause and say, damn, you know, there's something we really could have improved on. But now it also teaches us to feedback over time as well. Adaptive businesses are the ones that thrive and survive. You yeah, got to be willing to ask questions, take feedback. Take another break right there for commercials and come back to that. Uh, okay. We're back again, ladies and gentlemen. Keith, your take on adaptive businesses and your take on why those are the most important in, in this year and beyond, particularly in this year. Yeah, it's a great concept, the idea of adaptability. You know, um, in a lot of what I do, I teach this process of AQ, adaptability quotient. And that's just simply a fancy way of saying, hey, how well that in a moment of pressure or change, can you keep your eye on the target and get the results that you want? A company's ability to adapt is their ability to thrive, not only survive, we're not interested in survival. We want them to thrive, to really be successful. And of course, the core of adaptability is target acquisition. You have to be able to acquire your target and know what it is that you want. And so this is a process that people have to go to to get a real outcome and then understand the process that they need to go through to get a result. And this outcome needs to be one that's shared and agreed upon within their company and their leaders. Um, you know, it has to be relevant to their core values of how they want to do business. And of course, what I call the business that they're really in, which is how is it that they're affecting the world? How are they making the world a better place? How are they solving problems? 
And I, I have this basic strategy that says, hey, the thing that makes business possible, that makes it worth every single precious moment that you have is when you have these four core things, which is passion. You know, you love what you do. You believe in what you do. You're here for a reason more than just a transactional money exchange. Even though if you get paid really well for doing what you do, that's just a bonus. That's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful side effect. So you have to have passion. And then you have to have competency. Competency are what sometimes I call game, right? You go, oh man, that guy's got game. You want to be really, really good at what you do. One of the fundamental arts of fulfillment is to find something that you're great at and do it really, really well consistently. And then service. Are you a real service to mankind? If you are, if you have something that you can serve people with, then, you know, you're really basically recession proof. If it's something that makes the human condition better and solves problems and puts people into a mindset of, of a solution, uh, man, you know what? People will always go there. You know, I coach right now a group of veterinarians. They own vet, vet clinics around the country. And one of the things we know is that in times of recession and hard, hardness, people will still take their pets to get them treated. And so if you can find something that you're great at that is recession proof, remember, the key to that is just service. How does it service people? And then that final one is the idea of relationships. When you have great relationships and really care, really, really care, I mean, you really give a care about people. You It'll reflect in your best practices because you'll reach out to them. You'll ask questions. You'll be flexible. You'll change. You won't be all rigid, right? And then in your people, you can measure that with your, with your team members because every interaction that they'll have will be a positive interaction. Even if you get a customer that's complaining, Right? The service based on the relationship will be, hey, I'm here to serve you. Let's make this right instead of, oh, I can't believe how you're bothering me and disrupting my day. And so those are the things that I say really create the adaptability because that's the target of business that we're after. Yeah. In my book, uh, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, I've adapted the Japanese concept of ikigai for purpose. Mm-hmm. And ikigai is four parts. It is that which you love. It's that which you're good at. It's that which the world needs and that which you can be paid for. And mm. the intersection of all those four things are your ikigai. And so at the beginning of 2023, I think everybody needs to look at their ikigai and looking at how they can perfect it and look how they can make it better. Because that is one of the means that you move forward. And, you know, I always take off between Christmas and New Year. I take that break and I use that for myself. I, of course, am with my family on Christmas and New Year's Day, but the rest of the time I use that to work on my business. I use that time to to look at the things that can make my business better the things that can make my business that much stronger. And I look at the concepts that I want to develop. And, and so this is the time where the, this time frame I, I use every year to make that business better and better and better. And it just, it, it's something that I found to be a, a time frame where people that I find it is important and I, I take that 80-20 rule and think, you know, what are the 20% of customers that I need to concentrate on? I, and I 
tried to refine it further. You know, what is the 5% of customers that I need to work on? Because those are the ones that I know are the ones that are going to take my business and make it that much further. Okay. Mitch, your turn. Well, you know, I, I have to, I have to stay on this because the passion competency service or in the, in the case of Ikigai, when you combine all those together, that's where you can settle on price and more importantly, value. If you understand what your passion and what your competency is, what you're good at, what you were either develop God-given talents or whether you develop this technical skills, competencies over time and how you can apply those or give those to people or what products you can give them, et cetera, you can establish price and value. Now, price is funny. Market's going to dictate to a certain extent where price is going to fall, but value is how people are going to find what you've given them, what you provided for them, et cetera. And then your ability to, to charge more for that is important. That last one, relationships is staggeringly high. Study after study has shown that every time when you look at highly successful people, what do they have? Relationships. And those relationships aren't just your customers or vendors or partners, but it's proximity and mentorship. These are the language, right. these are the languages I use all the time. Who else is around me that can help bolster me up, cheer me on, give me feedback, et cetera? People that are inside of my circle, et cetera, that I can march forward with. And then who can I learn something from? Whether it's whether it's developing and polishing talents, whether it's building up competencies, whether it's making up deficiencies, et cetera. Passion, competency, and service helps you to prescribe price and value. So pausing at the beginning of the year and understanding what your price and value is based on what you're passionate about, what you're competent at, and what you're providing as a service or a value to the world is really important. But you have to assess your relationships. You have to know which people are at your level that you can go to with problems and challenges, et cetera. And, and you know, the, the, the power of three, Doc, we discussed it earlier. If you and I and Keith all have one idea and we put it on the table and the three of us sit there and round table it, we take those three ideas and we, we go to the, it becomes exponential growth. That's proximity. But now if I can go to you, Doc, like, or I can go to you, Keith, and say, hey, here's a problem that I've got to don't know how to solve. I think you can. That's mentorship. You can give me feedback and that improves it. If you don't understand your passion, competency, service in the new year, in other words, your price and your value, you need to assess that at the beginning of the year and march forward for 12 months with it. And then you need to spend an entire year next year leaning into relationships. Who are the people that are in my corner? They're not the, maybe they're not even the people or the family or friends you've had your entire life. You need people that are, that could be your competitors. You need people in ancillary or complementary businesses. You need some people that you can trust inside your business. And then you have to have a resource to go to, to get feedback and training. I don't know how to do this or I'm unsure on how to do this. What do I have to do? If you do that, then your start to the new year is exceptional and your business will thrive and grow because you're addressing the primary and principal components. And proximity mentorship are proven predicators. If you've got good cash flow, good customers, and you got good people around you, that's all you need for a business to survive and thrive. But those last two proximity mentorship, you've got to have somebody to teach you and you've got to have somebody to bounce ideas off of. If you don't, you're alone, you're isolated, and that means that you're likely a target. Keith, I'm going to give you the opportunity to have a <laughs> word this time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you. Guys, it's always an honor to be here. And for our listeners out there, I would say, guys, pause. If you are working your tail off out there, doing good things, and my assumption is most of you are, then just make sure that you get yourself around some coaching. Like we've talked about, proximity is power. And if all you're doing is head down grinding, you'll always just simply own your own job. 
And if you're a business owner with people in it already, you know, ask yourself the question, do you know, do you really know how well your people are doing? Are they bought into the culture and what we call the Kanai culture, C-A-N-I, constant never-ending improvement? Can you have uncomfortable conversations with them? And do you trust their perspectives to be able to help you do the heavy lifting of what's relevant, what's not, what's working, what's not, where the chokeholds are, where is it you're being successful, and how well the relationships with between them and your customers are? If you don't know that, you've got to dive into it. Reach out to a mentor. Reach out to a coach like Mitch, like myself, like Doc Laika. You know, let us help you. Because don't go into another year without knowing and having clarity and absolute certainty that you've got a plan and that you have a path that'll make you successful. And, and this is one of the shortest uh, steps to, to moving forward is having a coach. And if people don't realize that, they should take advantage of it right now and spend time with that. Go to my website, sign up for a free 15-minute discovery call. And I'll gladly help you. And I'm sure Mitch and, and Keith have opportunities for that too, so that people can find a way into that higher level. Move yeah. forward. Use this time of year to stop procrastinating and get off your duff and move forward. <laughs> well said. We hope you enjoyed Driving Biz, where you get the advice of the leading experts of the world. If you want more, you need to join the number one community for business owners, NoBull.Biz. And for a limited time, you can join at a discounted rate. To learn more, go to NoBull.Biz.